to know Jesus. And he's got a plan for our life, doesn't he? Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Sister Marty. Go with me this morning, if you will, in your Bibles to the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 1. Luke chapter number 1, and uh, they'll be putting it up on the screen. I want to begin with verse 26, talking about today, part 2 of the promise. And today we're going to talk about Mary, the promise conceived. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 says this, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and we call the Son of the Highest, And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Hallelujah. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much today for the Spirit of the Lord, the presence of the Lord here in this service. We ask for the anointing now of the Holy Spirit that you would help me to minister, to preach, to share what you've laid upon my heart with your people today. I ask you to, Lord, to just open up the hearts of everyone here, the ears to hear, the hearts to be receptive and to receive what you would speak and what your spirit would have to say to us today, to your church today. And I thank you for what you are doing and what you're going to do in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Amen. The promise. Mary, the promise conceived. There's a, there's a saying we all have heard, and we have all, uh, all at one time or another said the same thing, that promises are meant to be broken. Anybody ever heard that before? Anybody ever say that before? Promises were meant to be broken. And, um, you know, it is hard uh, not to believe that and accept that as a way of life, that promises were meant to be broken. 
We have come, seems like we have come to expect uh, people to break promises. I imagine everyone, probably everyone here this morning in this service have had someone at some time, at some point or another make you a promise that they didn't keep, that they didn't hold their end to it. I imagine probably each one of us at one time or another have made promises to someone that we have failed to keep. Anybody can say amen to that. And um, so we've come to expect people to break their promises. Politicians, of course, are famous for making promises that they don't keep. We all know that, amen. Um, and you know, 50%, 5 out of 10, half the people that uh, make promises on their wedding day break those promises that they make to their, to their bride or to their groom. People borrow money every day from banks and lending institutions and promise to pay that money back, but then they, some, for some reason or another, wind up breaking that promise and not repaying that loan. Promise breaking happens all the time and we've come to expect promises to be broken. We've just kindly come to expect that. And uh, when someone makes us a promise, we think, well, I hope that they, they make it good. I hope that they hold to that. I hope that they fulfill that promise. But you know, here's the beauty of Christmas. Here's the wonderful thing about Christmas, and that is that Christmas is a reminder to us that God does keep His promises. There's one that we can rely on today. I know you may have had people make promises to you. We, have, we hear promises made all the time that are broken, but I want to tell you today there's one that makes promises, that has made promises, that continues to make promises to us, and and he will always, God will always, always keep his promise. Now God promised in Genesis, and we talked about this last week, the promise that God made in Genesis chapter 3 there in the Garden of Eden just after Adam and Eve had yielded to Satan and had committed sin, eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they had failed God, they had disobeyed God, they had fallen, and God gives a promise. He gives the first messianic promise. The promise that he's going to send a Savior and send a Redeemer. Everything's in a mess. Adam and Eve have blown it royally. And God gives a promise and speaks to the serpent, speaks to Satan. And in Genesis 3.15, God says this. He said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, and he, speaking of the seed of the woman, which this is, as I said, a messianic promise, the promise of the coming Redeemer, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise, you, you shall bruise his heel. There is a prophecy given right there at the very beginning, just, as, just right after sin had entered the world, there's a promise that is given that Satan is not going to win, that sin is not going to win that, that what the enemy had caused is not going to win but God promises to send a deliverer and a redeemer that's going to come and crush and bruise the head of that serpent and totally defeat the powers and the plans of the enemy and thank God for the promise can I get an amen amen 
And the fulfillment of that promise, once God made that promise in Genesis chapter 3, the fulfillment of that promise became God's number one priority. It became the top thing on his to-do list, that he would fulfill the promise. He would keep the promise that he made to send that Redeemer. And last week we talked about this promise and we saw last week how that in Joseph, Mary's, Mary's fiancé, soon to become husband, in Joseph the promise that God had made was believed. And now today we want to look at Mary because also in Mary the promise is believed but also the promise in Mary is conceived. Because an angel visits her. An angel comes to visit Mary and the angel Gabriel announces that God is going to keep his promise that he has made of sending the Savior but he's going to fulfill that promise through a little peasant girl, a nobody by the name of Mary. Mary probably, I guess you could say, is probably the best known woman and the most famous mother in the entirety of history. Would you say that everybody knows about Mary when you talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus? I mean, her name occurs over 51 times in the New Testament. So she's very, she's a very well-known figure, even though she was just a nobody, just a, a little peasant girl. But, but there's, there's a lot of of misconceptions that people have about Mary. There's a lot of things that are taught and said about Mary that actually are not true because uh, nowhere in the Bible, nowhere, how I many is listening to me, nowhere in the Word of God does it ever tell us that we are to worship Mary. Nowhere in the Scripture does it say that. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever say that we are to pray to Mary. Mary is not the mediator between us and God. Jesus Christ is. Mary is not the mediator between us and Jesus. We can go directly to the Father in the name of Jesus and through the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're not told anywhere in the Word of God to pray to Mary or to any other dead saint far as that goes. Can I, can I get an amen today? Nowhere in the Bible does it say that Mary was perfect. Nowhere does it say that she was sinless. Nowhere does it say that she was co-equal with God or a co-redemptrix with God in the plan of salvation. But what is so special about Mary is the fact that she was so unspecial. She was just a common, she was a common, ordinary, run-of-the-mill teenage peasant girl who God chose and God favored and God selected to be used in an extraordinary way. And that is just exactly what God does. God specializes in picking up nobody and making somebody's out of them. Can you get an amen? Oh, hallelujah. Amen. That's, that's what's so awesome. That's why we all have hope today because God, some, you know, some people say, well, I don't know how God could use me. I'm just a nobody. Hey, that's, what, that's who he's looking for. He's looking for somebody that is nobody in their eyes. We sing a song, something about that, I think, around here. Amen. But, but he's looking for just a nobody that he can make a somebody out of. Praise God. And that's what he did with Mary. And God chose Mary strictly 
not because of who she was or what she was or anything she had done, but God chose Mary strictly because of his grace, because of his grace. And the reasons that God used Mary are the same reasons that God can use you today. I want you to be encouraged in that because the same reason that God used her is the same reason that God can use you. Now Mary, of course, she did do some things that allowed God to use her and that allowed God to bless her in a special way, in ways that she never dreamed of. And we want I want to mention three of those this morning. I'm going to try to just hit them and let you go home, okay? But I, but I want you to get these thoughts this morning. And uh, because she did do some things. Yes, she was chosen by God because of his grace. But then she did do some things as well. And there are some things that Mary did that you and I need to, uh, that we can learn from today as well. The first thing that she did was she decided, Mary decided when God came to her, sent the angel to her uh, to give her this message, Mary decided to believe the word of God. And that's something that you and I must decide if we're going to see the promise fulfilled in our life. You have got to make a decision to believe God's word, to believe the promises of God. The angel Gabriel here appears to Mary with a message in Luke chapter 1. Verse 30 and 31, he said to this to Mary, he said, Gabriel said, Mary, you have found favor with God and you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Here's the message that, that Gabriel brings to Mary, but the, the thing is, Mary is a virgin. And the angel, here she is, she's a virgin. She's never had any relations with man her and Joseph have not come together and uh, the angel tells her this virgin maiden that she's going to have a baby and Mary responds exactly in the same way that any other lady would have responded uh, exactly as you would have responded if you would have gotten that message she said in verse 34 she said to the angel how can this be since I do not know a man she's She's not doubting what he's saying, but she just doesn't understand how this can possibly happen, how it can possibly take place. And the angel Gabriel replied to Mary and said to Mary, the Holy Spirit, now I love this, because when she says, I, how, how can this be? The answer is, first, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That's the answer to your impossibilities, the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of God shall overshadow you so the baby born to you will be utterly holy the son of God this is from the living Bible for every promise from God shall surely come true I love that the way it says that every promise from God shall surely come true again we see the word there in that translation we see the word promise because the angel had given God's promise and Mary would that Mary would conceive and that this child she would conceive as a virgin she would carry this child and deliver this child as a virgin and Mary knew enough about biology to ask the key question how can this be since I am a virgin 
She's not doubting the promise. She's not saying, well, no, I don't believe that's going to happen. I don't believe that can happen. There's not unbelief here. There's just, I'm wondering. She's, she knows that it's true. She knows that it can happen. But even though it's an impossibility, but she just doesn't know how. She just wants to know how this can happen. And the simple answer is given there in verse number 37 where the angel said, hey, you know, he told her the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. The power of the highest is going to come upon you. And in verse 37, he said, Mary, just take my word for it. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. God's going to work this out. God's going to be the one that's going to cause it to happen. You're going to be moved upon by the power of God, by the power of the highest, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you something this morning, that the power of God and the Holy Spirit of God is still the same answer today for your impossible situation. God can take an impossibility and make it possible today. Hallelujah. He can do it. And he's still doing it today. I still believe he's still the same today. And I still believe that verse, that with God all things are possible. There's nothing that's impossible. How many believe that today? There's nothing that's impossible with God. Hallelujah, for what the things that are impossible with man are possible with God. Amen, amen. He's a, he's a mighty God. So this promise is given to Mary. You're going to bear a son. You're going to have a child. You're going to, as a virgin. You're going to carry this baby. You're going to give birth to this baby. Jesus had to be. Now, this is so key, and I know everybody here believes this. We all believe. We're all together on the virgin birth, are we not? Amen? We're all together. Well, the reason, you know, I say that is because... And there's a lot of there's a lot even in evangelical circles many today that 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 do not really believe in the virgin birth and I believe I'm I for one believe that you have to believe the virgin birth in order to be born again and to be saved amen Jesus had to be born of a virgin if he was going to come as the redeemer God incarnate in flesh amen then he had to come through the womb of a virgin. He could not be born um, from, from a relationship between Mary and Joseph in the natural way of childbirth, of conception. It had to be a supernatural and a miracle birth in which it was. Jesus had to be born of a virgin, number one, because he had to be sinless. The Redeemer had to be sinless. Going back to the promise in Genesis 3.15, God said that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent. Not the seed of man, but the seed of the woman. The woman has no seed within herself, but God is going to perform a miracle that she's going to give birth, hallelujah, to a child through a miraculous means and through a miraculous birth. But the Redeemer, Jesus, had to be sinless. If he would have been born of an earthly father, 
father. He would have been born in sin. He would have been no different than anyone else born. He would have had a sinful fallen nature that we have all inherited from our father Adam. Are you listening to me? But praise God, he was the second Adam born and God was his father. Hallelujah. Joseph wasn't his father. No earthly man was his father. He was born by a miraculous virgin birth. Hallelujah. Had he been born of an earthly father, he would have been born in sin with a sin nature. He would have not been able to have lived a perfect life, which he did live a perfect life. God was his father and his blood was pure and his blood came from his father and his blood was not tainted with sin. That's why there's something special about the blood of Jesus. That's why Satan hates this preaching and teaching and the doctrine and the truth of the virgin birth because had Jesus not been born of a virgin and his blood been tainted it couldn't wash away our sins. But thanks be to God hallelujah to the Lamb the blood of Jesus was precious blood, was pure blood, was spotless holy blood, hallelujah, because he was born of a virgin. Can I get an amen today? Hallelujah, go ahead and give the Lord a praise. He had to be born of a virgin so that he would be sinless and secondly, he had to be born of a virgin because God had made a promise that he would be born of a virgin. In Isaiah 7, 14, the prophet Isaiah 750 years before the Lord was born, before the angel Gabriel visited Mary, the prophet Isaiah said, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. We learn from Joseph last week As Joseph followed the directions of the Lord, we learned last week that for every problem, there is a promise. But today from Mary, the lesson that I want you to get today and learn is that for every promise, there is a provision. I said for every promise, for every problem, there's a promise, and for every promise, there is a provision. God, when he makes a promise, always makes good on the promise. Come on, amen? So when God makes a promise to Mary that a baby is going to be born, be born of a virgin, you can mark that down. If God said it, it's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. If God made that promise, you can mark it down because God will do whatever is necessary to make that promise come to pass. There's no word of God that is void of power. The Bible said that the word of God in Isaiah 55, that that God's word will not return to him void. In Numbers 23, uh, he made the statement, the promise, and said, that with with God hallelujah that God if he spoke it if he said it he will do it and if he spoke it he will make it good so when God gives this promise and God makes this promise that he will that he's going to send this redeemer and the virgin is going to give birth then God will provide the virgin and God will provide the birth because for every problem ladies and gentlemen there is a promise and for every promise there is 
was a provision. God used Mary in a great way because she decided to believe the word of God. Hallelujah. Now you gotta get this because this is where this is where we, we are today in our personal life. We've got to decide. God gives us the promise but you and I have to make the decision whether to believe the promise or not to believe the promise. Amen. Everything God does, he does by faith. Everything that comes into your life from salvation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, healing, answers to prayer, everything that God does for us, he does and moves and works because we believe him and we trust him and we believe the promises of God. Amen. And so he makes this promise and he, 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 he gives this promise and Mary has to believe the promise. Now, when she went to see Elizabeth, when Mary went to see Elizabeth, Elizabeth knew this, and Elizabeth said to her in Luke 1.45, he said, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Now, can I tell you something? That is a biblical principle, isn't it? And if you or I are not experiencing the blessings of God in our life like we should be, maybe the reason that we're not could be that we're doubting the Word of God instead of, like Mary, deciding to believe the Word of God. Prayer, or, uh, uh, the promise has to be believed and it has to be conceived. Unbelief is the thief of God's blessings in your life. How many believe that? Doubt and unbelief is the thief of the blessings of God in your life. Uh, you can find it all through the Word of God. Situations where unbelief stopped uh, and hindered God from doing things in people's lives. When Jesus went to Nazareth in his ministry, he went there and ministered there in Nazareth. They wanted to throw him out. They, 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 they kicked him out. You know, we talked about Nazareth last week, I think, a week before. But Nazareth, they kicked him out. They kicked Jesus out of the synagogue. And the Bible said that Jesus could not do any mighty works there in Nazareth because of what? Because he didn't want to? Because he was mad at them? Because he was aggravated with the way they treated him? No. It said that he could do no mighty works in Nazareth because of their unbelief. They failed to believe the promise. Faith is vitally important if we are to receive and, and, and to get the blessings of the promise. The Bible's very clear in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 19 is very clear that the reason the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and did not inherit the promised land when God intended them for uh, when God intended them to was simply because of their unbelief they failed to believe the promise so see listen to me church if you and I we want the blessings of God we want God to move in our life we want God to open the windows of heaven and bless us in a great way you know what we're going to have to do we we need to take Mary as a lesson and as as an example 
people we may not know how we may not know when we may not understand the way God's going to do a certain thing in our life but praise God even when we don't understand the how we can still know that if he made the promise and we will believe the promise and receive the promise and act on the promise that God will make the promise good in our life come on amen do you believe it today hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. So decide, as Mary did, to believe God's word. We're talking about how God used this little, little peasant girl. Believe, decide to believe God's word. But secondly, and that's, you know, that, that, that's good, that's, that's great. You've got to decide to believe God's word. But the second thing is, as Mary did, you must determine to do God's will. Oh, here's where I lose, folks. Huh? We're gonna, oh, we're going to believe the promise. Yes, I can believe the promise. But promises are not just to be believed. That's the first step. They're not just to be believed, but promises are also to be acted on and to be obeyed. We're to be not just hearers of the Word of God, but the Bible says we're to be doers of the Word. Jesus talked about the two foundations in Matthew chapter 7, the, 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 the wise and the foolish builders. And he said, those who hear these sayings of mine and do them are the ones that are built upon the rock that will withstand the storms of life. But he said, those who hear these sayings of mine are the word of God and ignore them, do not put them into practice and do them are likened to those who build on the sand and the storm capsizes their house and their life. So it's vitally important that we not only believe the promise, but that we be determined to do the will of God. Can I get an amen? See, you're never going to achieve God's best for your life, God's greatness for your life, or fulfill God's purpose for your life until you come to the point where you want to do His will in your life more than anything else. And I think that's the problem with so many today is they want God's best. I think if I would ask that question today, how many of y'all want God's best in your life? Everybody would say, yeah, I do. I want God's blessing. I want God's will. I want God's purpose to be fulfilled in my life. And, and we've got to want that. If we're going to achieve his best for our life, then we have got to come to that point, church, where you want to do the will of God in your life more than you want anything else. That the will of God for your life has got to be a number one priority in your life. Not that we're doing my will or, you, or my, you know, acting according to my will or doing my own will or going my own way. But I've got to have God's will in my life every single day that I live. God has a purpose for you. Sister Marty mentioned it today, you know, in her testimony. There's a plan and a purpose that God has for every one of us. And it's amazing how many people go through life never, ever fulfilling the plan and the purpose that God has for them. Do you realize today that you could miss the purpose of God and you could mess up the plan of God and waste uh, 
and totally squander and waste your life if you don't know His will and follow His will and follow His plan for your life. How many know that today? Amen? Everything's not just automatic. God's job is to reveal His will to you. And your job, once you know His will, is to what? Do the will of God. To obey Him and do the will of God. And that was, that was what Mary, she was determined to do. Once she knew the will of God, she had the plan of God, the angel revealed to her the purpose of God, Mary then was determined not just to believe the Word, but she was determined to do the will of God and submit herself to the will of God. She said in verse 38, she said, she said, I'm the Lord's servant, and I'm willing to do whatever he wants. I'm willing to do whatever he wants. Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. I want what you want. That's what Mary was saying to, to, to the Lord. I want for my life what you want for my life. Do you understand what this means do you understand what she's saying? She's saying, whatever you, whatever you want, that's what I'm willing to do. I, how many of us are willing to say that to the Lord today? Whatever you want for me and for my life, that's what I want. That's how Jesus taught us to pray in the model prayer, in the Lord's Prayer. And we can all quote the Lord's Prayer, but it was an outline. It was a model that he gave us to pray. And one of the ways he's, one of the things in that outline for us to pray is, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So we need to be praying for the will of God and finding the will of God and being determined to do the will of God. She said, whatever Whatever you want, I'm willing to do whatever you want. Now, that includes anything and everything that God wants for you and for your life. Boy, it's quiet this morning, amen? Everything. I'm, I said it last week. The safest place in the world to be is in the center of God's will. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but in the center of God's will for my life. And that's why every day we need to seek Him and have a time of prayer and Bible reading where God can lead us and guide us and direct us. So when she said, she said, whatever you want, that includes anything. That includes everything the Lord wants. And when we make that determination as Mary did, I'm going to tell you what, to do the will of God, ladies and gentlemen, is not always going to be a bed of roses. It's not always going to be just flowery beds of ease. When you're in the will of God, just, you know, just everything's not going to fall uh, upon your life like ripe cherries off a tree. Come on, is, is anybody still here this morning? Amen. Because when you choose whatever God wants and anything and everything God wants for your life, it will include some unpleasant things. It will include some difficult things. It will include some 
hard things because following the Lord's will is not always an easy path to take. It's the best path. It's the most blessed path. But it's not always the easy thing to do. It was not. Are you listening to me? It was not easy. I I know we think, oh, an angel appears to me. An angel tells me this. Sure, I'm going to do that. Listen, it was not easy for Mary to say yes to the will of God. It was not easy for her to say yes. Because number one, listen, you know what's involved in this? Nobody's going to believe her story. Who's going to believe this? God had to appear to Joseph in a dream to get him to believe it. He was getting ready to put her away. He thought, no, this ain't, I ain't buying this story. She knew that nobody was going to believe this story. She knew there was going to be gossip. Her reputation is going to be ruined. She's a pure, holy, godly little girl, teenage girl, and her reputation is going to be ruined. She's going to lose some friends. She's probably going to maybe even lose some family members, her fiancé. She almost lost him and would have had it not been for divine intervention. So, So God's will, doing God's will, saying yes to God's will is not always the easiest thing to do. I found out when God called me to preach, you know, as a, as a teenage boy, all I could see was, whoo, glory, this is going to be awesome. Going on an evangelistic field and preaching revivals. Man, everything's going to be great and it's going to be glorious, glorious, glorious. But I'm going to tell you what, amen, when you say yes to the will of God, there's some good times and there's some, there's some glorious times, but I'm telling you, it's, it's, there's some rough times, there's some rough roads. Everything's not always roses. So that is what we have to to understand. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, that is why so many people cut out on God. That's why so many people start the race, but they don't finish the race. There's too many people. What was that commercial that, you know, about the easy button? You know, everybody's wanting to hit. Was that Staples? Staples? Everybody's wanting an easy button. I'm going to tell you, there ain't no easy button when it comes to living for the Lord, when it comes to following God, when it comes to being sold out to Him and sold out to His will. There is no easy button. Can I get an amen? See, God wants to grow you. God wants to mature you. God wants to teach you to trust the promise to the point where you're determined to do his will and this is the place when you find that when you submit to that when you get to that this is the place where God can truly bless you and perform miracles and do the impossible in your life it's all about believing in the promise and determining to do the will of God and the plan of God for your life Woo, hallelujah to God. Amen. Amen. But thirdly, and I'll close with this one. Mary had a desire to prioritize God's worship in her life. And here's a decision you've got to make as well. To receive and to believe and to to conceive the promise... You must have a desire to prioritize God's worship. What do you mean, Brother Rick? 
Look at verse 46 and 47 of that first chapter of Luke. It says this. (laughs) It says, Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior's. My Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord. Hallelujah. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. See, when you, des- when you decide to believe God's word, and you've determined to do God's will, you can't help. I'm starting to feel something here. You can't help but worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I said you can't help. There's going to be some worship and some praise. When you've believed his word and determined to do his will, there's going to be some worship. And that's what, when Mary made this commitment to the Lord, oh, she said, my soul magnifies the Lord and that my spirit has rejoiced in the God of my, my God, my Savior. And then in verse, and I won't take the time to read it because we're running out of time, but, but in verses 48 through 55 of that first chapter, is the first Christmas song ever written and Mary begins to joy, gives a joyful song. The heading in my Bible says Mary's joyful song. Amen. Well, let me just go ahead and read some of it. Amen. We got a few minutes. Are you okay? Are y'all all right? Amen. Uh, uh, for he hath, my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed for he that is mighty has done to me great things and holy is his name and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation he hath showed strength with his arm he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts he hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty he hath helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers Abraham and to his seed forever. She's worshiping the Lord. She's singing a a prophetic song of worship inspired by the Holy Spirit because she submitted herself to do the will of God. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, this is so awesome. This is so amazing because Mary's going to have a baby and she's still a virgin and her reputation's going to be ruined. She may lose her family. She may lose her friends. She may lose her fiance. She may lose everything. And she's got every reason to be worried sick. But instead of worry, she worshiped. Instead of worry, she worshiped. Instead of panic, she praised the Lord her God. Woo! Hallelujah! Listen, we've got a lot of reasons to worry. We've got a lot of reasons going on in the world today to panic. But I believe God is saying to the church, don't worry, but worship. Don't panic, but praise. Give glory to the Lord. Woo! Hallelujah! Glory to God. That's what we have to do when we are in a situation that is over our head and we don't understand, but we're still following the will of God. Maybe things are getting more difficult minute by minute in your life. Listen, 
Write that down. Don't worry. Just worship. Don't panic. Just praise. For every problem, there's a promise, church. I said for every problem, there's a promise. And for every promise, there is a provision. We must offer continually the sacrifice of praise unto our God. Hallelujah. All of the, the billions, of all of the billions of women who have ever lived, only Mary carried and nursed the Son of God. Gave birth to God's only begotten Son. No wonder, no wonder she said, for behold, from this time on shall all generations will call me blessed. She was blessed. Mary was blessed. But not because of anything she did. Mary was blessed because she was, the angel had said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. She was favored of God. Said you're favored of God. That word favored means you are pursued by God's grace. Oh, I don't know about anybody else. But when you think about the grace of God that is pursuing us, that, you know, listen, listen, saints. The reason Mary was chosen by God and used by God was because God's of God's grace in her life. It was simply grace. It was because of grace that she found favor with God and because of grace, that same grace, you today can find favor with God. Thank God for His grace. Thank God for His mercy. Let me tell you something. The Apostle Paul said, I am what I am. Not because of who I am, but I am what I am because of the grace of God. I'm standing here on this podium this morning preaching the Word of God simply because of the grace of God. I could have been in hell today. I could have, I could have died in a lost condition or been taken out in a, in, a, in a lost condition. But I'm here today because God's grace pursued me. Even, oh my, even when I was running from God and running from the call of God in my life, the grace of God pursued me. The grace of God followed me. Hallelujah. I didn't deserve His grace. You didn't deserve His grace. I didn't deserve His favor. I can't earn His grace. And you can't earn His grace. So many people today are trying to earn their salvation and earn their way to heaven and do it by by certain religious activities and certain works but can I tell you that we're here today and our name is written in heaven today and we're children of almighty God today and we're on the road to heaven today simply because of his grace 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 amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me Hallelujah, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Thank God for His grace. I think about, I, I praise Him for it, ladies and gentlemen, every single day. The angel said to her, you're favored. You've received God's grace. 
Elizabeth told Mary when she visited her, you're blessed because you believed. And that's what we see in Mary. Those two things. God's grace and her faith. God's grace and her faith. And Paul said it in Ephesians 2. We are saved by grace through faith. And that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Are you glad for that today? That you're saved through grace. See, bow your heads with me. If you're here this morning, and I, 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 I just, I assume, you know, we assume that everybody's a Christian that everybody's born again, that everybody's made Jesus the Lord of your life. But today, if you do not know Jesus, if you've not experienced His grace, you can experience His grace and His mercy in your life today. All you have to do is ask Jesus to come into your life and change your life and take total control of your life and receive the promise of Christmas into your heart and into your life. That's the most important thing about Christmas, about this season. It's not about the parties. It's not about the drinking. It's not about the alcohol. We've made it to be something that God never intended it to be. But it's about His grace that He gave the promise and that He kept the promise and that we can receive the promise today. His grace and by faith be born again. It's as simple as praying a prayer and asking Jesus to come into your heart, placing your faith in Jesus Christ and what He did for you on the cross of Calvary. Heavenly Father, thank you today for your presence, for your spirit, for your anointing. I ask that the Holy Spirit would do a work here this morning in each and every one of our hearts and every life. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would touch us in a special way. God, if there is an individual or one or more here today that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, if they've never experienced, exhibited faith in you and what you did at the cross, We pray for them today, deal with their hearts, that today would be the day that they would accept Jesus' time. It's getting short time. is running out. And I'm asking you to save any individual that doesn't know you today. I pray for every saint of God here this morning. Help us to understand and realize that that we're, we're here because of your grace. Help us to believe and to trust and to stand upon the promises of God and to worship you like we never have before in the midst of our difficult situations. Bless this altar time, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? Our worship team is going to sing something this morning.